Very warm welcome to John Yates. We're going to be talking to John Yates today, who I've known for a little bit of time, about maybe a year or so, is that correct, John? Maybe over a year, is it? Just over two years. I think I met you in December of 2019, if you can remember in the run-up to your general election. That's right, yeah. So John is going to be here and he's going to explain what's going on in Northern Ireland and what we've been watching on the news, the riots and all, what everybody feels. And most people, I think, in the Republic do have sympathy for the Northern Irish because they have been thrown under the bus. And this whole New Ireland, that is absolutely a disgraceful idea. The government wants to get rid of our nationality that suddenly the Northern Irish would be happy to get rid of theirs because we're destroying ourselves. They want us to destroy our nationality, our flag, heritage, everything to do with being Irish. Government think of this and we'll create this new Ireland where there's no Irish, no British, I don't know what will be, European or something. Just at, just at the end of last year, um, look, let's get you back a wee bit. In, in June of um, 2016, 23rd of June 2016, we went to the polls for a referendum uh, and that referendum was known as Brexit, and 17.4 plus million people, they voted to leave the EU. And the reason why we voted to leave the EU was that we seen um, the EU as a dictatorship, uh, basically a Ponzi scheme whereby you put your money into it and you, you don't get as much back um, from the EU, yet they claim to be financing absolutely everything. And they, they, you know, they want their flag on things that they, they do, even though they're paying for it with your money. And, and increasingly they became a dictatorship and, and that's my reasons um, for wanting to leave the EU. I mean, I see them as a, a dictatorship who, who wants to impose their will and wants to remove your laws and also dictate what it is that you can do within your, your own country. And I know that in, in, in the Republic of Ireland, use would be much the same. But for example, they're wanting to remove my, my British Britishness. And I was born... Um, by birthright in Northern Ireland, a British citizen. Um, you know, I have nothing against people in Northern Ireland that wants to be uh, an Irish citizen, an Irish nationalist. Now, if we wanted to leave the EU, and, and we voted, 17.4 plus million people voted to leave the EU, is that uh, for, for from 2016 up until uh, just the end of last year, 2020, they had uh, put off uh, implementing the, the Brexit process for and on behalf of the voters. So they spent all of that time, and whenever they did implement it at the start of the year here, what they did was they left Northern Ireland out of being, uh, you know, having the benefit of the same democracy as, as people in England, Scotland, and were thrown under the bus. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. That's exactly how we try to paint everyone with the same broad brush. And I guess that, you know, through my associations with people in, in Southern Ireland, which I know, which are really, really good people, and they're my friends, you being one, Thank you, is that, you know, I see that people in, in the Irish Republic are, are, you know, they're being treated in exactly the same way uh, as, as these loyalists are in war that they're, they're being called, they're being told, they're being levied or labelled with all these types of names, Absolutely. which really isn't, which isn't, you know, I'm going to say, and this is your own tea shop, uh, Michal Martin, where he had said, um, and I, I have it copied here, I have a copy of him saying this, where he says that he wants nothing to do with the backward idea of sovereignty, and he's meant to be upholding the 
Irish state. He's meant to be standing under, uh, and really, he's you know every Easter Sunday he stands outside the UPO, and there's someone in his presence which uh, recites the the words of the proclamation. Yeah, and and I from you know me knowing um, genuine decent um, nationalists uh, and Catholics in the south. And I go to myself, how insulting is that? Because, again, he claims to uphold the proclamation. And within the proclamation, what does it talk about? It talks about your indefeasible right to be Irish, your indefeasible right to have ownership um, of the land. And, you know, and that's, what does that mean? What does indefeasible mean? That there's no one can change that. Not Leo Varadkar, not Simon Courtney, not me, Hall Martin, or not anyone uh, within Dáil Éireann right now, they don't have the right to to take away um, your right to be sovereign in your, in your own. Absolutely, very well said, John. Northern Ireland uh, or, or in uh, the Irish Republic right now, that's no matter whether you're in France or Germany or Spain or, or Greece or wherever, is that all governments, all governments have become dictatorships. They yeah. don't listen to the people. They just use them for the, the vote and whenever they get your vote well they go and they do what they want uh, anyway legislative assembly here in northern ireland and i call our strong buildings which house houses the politicians i call it the criminal gang headquarters and i say that it's occupied by the biggest criminal gang in western europe and that's our own politicians and that's a very very sad yeah. state of affairs in the figures i mean i was following your elections um, quite closely if you can recall that's right when i spoke to somebody in that were um, you know involved in the election and in fact I remember interviewing um, what was it Sarah Louise Mulligan who was yes. standing as a, an independent at the time right, yeah. and I can remember um, in Northern Ireland here there's a, a, a unions politician and he, he's a high-ranking member of the DUP and he's on the, the Queen's Privy Council and I remember at a meeting one evening um, it was a public meeting where he was saying that, you know, we've really got to be careful because Sinn Féin are, are taking a huge amount of the vote in, in Southern Ireland. And I said, well, maybe you're not reading the same results as I am. Yeah. And he, I think he quoted that Sinn Féin say got 40% of the vote, but whenever yeah. I boiled it down, because see, they got they got uh, a percentage of of what was, uh, just over, I think it was uh, 60%, I think, voted in, in Southern Ireland in the general election. So whenever you actually took it down and you seen actually what the, what they did get of the vote, well, what they did was they I think they got around seven percent whenever it was boiled right down. So that's really nothing. So yeah. you know, again, I'm going to say something. This is me again speaking to your your listeners, uh, and and some people in in Southern Ireland have actually identified this is that you know um, nationalists and, and Catholics in in Southern Ireland have more in common with, with people um, from a, a unionist persuasion in Northern Ireland than they actually do with a lot of their own people and vice versa. Absolutely. I mean it's the same for us up, up, up here. There's a lot of people that we we would try to reach out to um, within the nationalist and the Catholic persuasion and we try to you know we would love to amalgamate with those people in, in Southern Ireland, you know, people from my community. Some mm. of them don't actually they, they don't want to believe that, you know, that's it's unfortunate. Yeah. Right. To uh, swindle the abortion referendum. Absolutely. I mean, what are, those people call themselves Irish Republicans, and why are they trying to murder Irish babies, the next generation of, yeah. of Irish people, and replace them? Here's a the thing, and it was a, a good, a mutual friend of ours um, from Southern Ireland that actually uh, said this to me. He says, you know something, John, your, your community can hold their heads up high 
because you've never voted for this. Yeah. You've never, I mean, if, if it had been put to the people, um, the people would have voted against it, but it was implemented over our heads. So again, that is something that a lot of people up here are, are, are even glad that they don't have their hands. You know, to... The Isles. I don't know if you don't want to call it the British Isles, the Isles, but we'd have to be under... I think some sort of umbrella with the UK because for trade and all sorts of things, it makes sense. We can't separate anyway from the UK. It, like, it's interesting you say that. And I'm going to say is that I have, there's people on, on our side of the fence who are actually speaking the same words as you. You're recording this. I'm recording this for my sake because I'm going to yeah. cut and clip some of this here. And that just what you just said there. Is something that I'm going to cut and clip because that's a very, very interesting and I'm going to say an acceptable prospect to me is that, you know, never mind a new Ireland, what about a new uh, formulation of, of the, what was Britannia earlier, is that before Britain and before Ireland, we, we were neither and we, we got along just fine. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, so it's, it's a good thing that you said there and as I say, it's something that I'm going to and use for, for, for the show people that there are sensible people um, in, in the Republic of Ireland, as we call it, that language on our side of the fence. And look, I'm, I want to, and as I was talking to again another mutual friend of ours without getting any names, and, and I was saying, John, that what we need to do is that we need to speak to more and more people in, in, in Southern Ireland because. You know, the more that we can show that, that yous mean us no harm and vice versa, uh, the more that, that, that people will understand that there are people um, just like just like you and I and everyone else that, 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 that could live together, that, that mean no harm and that don't want to take away anybody's nationality. In fact, you know, one of the things that I would say, and I've said this to you and other people in the past, is that I would like to help you save your nationality in return for you helping me save mine, because let's face it, the place where the, the, you were born, um, it means a lot to you. It means yeah. a lot for you to be Irish. It means a lot for me to be British. I mean, I was born this way. I was born British, and and I would often say that no one's going to take that away from me. But it doesn't mean to say that it has to threaten anyone. I mean, I, I would say also that my my Britishness means no one any harm. I would just wish that that some people would actually understand that, that we can all live together being who we want to be without one side or the other. And Nobody should, you know, want to take that from you or should be able to take that from you. That's you and that's who you are and that belongs to you. you absolutely. And that belongs to Ireland as well. More than people arriving here getting passports who, because they've just stepped off a plane and um, breathing in the air in Ireland because the EU says everybody who comes here has a right and they get free houses and free where you belong to Ireland you're part of the story and you have every right to your nationality and every right to your flag and every right to, to that because you belong to that that, that is part we are joined together for Irish people I find them very accommodating uh, I you know they're lovely people you know and, and I, I often I mean, there's a lot of people within my community here in Northern Ireland that, that hasn't even been across the border. I mean, they think everyone is against them, and, and, and that's actually not the case. You just said there that I wanted to um, pick up on. And I can remember the last time I spent some time with yourselves um, in, in Dublin. Uh, 
mean we talk to people down there that do some work with the homeless. Yeah. And I can remember there was a figure that was bandied around whereby, and this, this was roughly in, in December of 2019, so there was a figure of 10,000 Irish citizens on the streets of Ireland, and I think there was a, a figure that was handed out, and, and this was actually backed up when I went and done the research, where there was up to maybe 4,000 children on the streets, yeah. and most of them were Irish citizens. Now, I hear uh, within the past few months, and if you arrive here as a refugee, you'll have a house, or if you arrive in the Irish Republic, um, you'll have a house within... I think it's four months, is it? Is That's that right? right, yeah. And they're being pushed to the head of the queue. They've been pushed to the head of the queue with education. Their children get put in schools first. They're even making accommodation if they don't get equal grades for university. That They're made because of diversity. They're given places. They're being given money. They're way being put before us in everything. The Irish have been... And why is it that those people, those people that the world say that are so... Um, inviting and so homely. Why is it that those people are, are, are effectively being wiped out? I'll ask you a question, and this is, you know, how does that make you feel whenever you would understand that there was, uh, there was in December of 2019, 10,000 citizens on the streets, mostly Irish, 4,000 children, and now that you hear that there's, you know, you come here, a newcomer, and you'll have a house within four months, whilst those people are still on the street, how does that make you feel as a person? heartbroken um i saw it happening um originally they were denying it and i remember and i remember walking through the streets and i could see loads uh, homeless were seemed to be growing and growing and more foreigners were coming in and in and i didn't know any foreigners who didn't have a house who didn't have food who wasn't well looked after where i could see the irish and they weren't all what the government was saying, oh, they're all drug addicts and whatever. And that was not true because I went around and I talked to, yeah, a lot of them had issues, whether it was drink, but not all of them did. A lot of them were in the system, went into Irish homes um, as young children and then ended up in the streets. Very sad situations, but they were just left to die in the streets, are left to die in the streets through the winter and they are literally dying on the streets all through the winter. The Republic of Ireland, that there's many, many Polish people that are vacating this place because of the way that it has become and they're heading off back to their, their own country because their own country um, is, a, is a place where, in fact, it's probably somewhere that I would go to live in the yeah. near future if things keep progressing. And the, and the way that things are going, it is just becoming unpalatable. And just to measure, I mean, I'm going to give you an equal measure here. Whenever you, you know, I asked you that question, how does that make you feel whenever your own citizens are lying on the street, your own government, whilst they facilitate newcomers, and, and they, they're bringing in the newcomers and they're racking and stacking and piling them high, even though that all the services are already overburdened. And that's not just happening um, in Ireland, that's happening in, in here in Northern Ireland and England, Scotland and Wales also. And this is the, the byproduct of globalisation, whereby that they... They want to fill your country to the point whereby that um, this, the system can't cope uh, and the system is being unfairly actually brought against us. So this is me trying to measure alongside of how you feel and I'm just going to go back for Edgar and Michal Martin conglomerate. They're just as corrupt in Westminster as they are in Ireland right now. I want to let you, you hear a poem, right? And this poem was from 100 years ago. The dark eleventh hour draws on, 
and seas are sold. To every evil power we fought against of old. Rebellion, rapine, hate, oppression, wrong and greed. Are loosened to rule our fate by England's act and deed. The faith in which we stand, the laws we made and guard. Our honour, lives and land are given for reward. To murder done by night, to treason taught by day, to folly, sloth and spite, and we are thrust away. The blood our fathers spilt, our love, our toils, our pains, are counted us for guilt and only bind our chains. Before an empire's eyes, the traitor claims his price. What need of further lies? We are the sacrifice. Brexit has already happened, but the EU hasn't accepted it. And they're trying to find ways of trying to pull the British back in, trying to put a torn in their side. Because with the fishing, everything else, they're quite frustrated because the British seem to be flying now outside the EU. When you look at the vaccine situation, although I don't agree with vaccines, but look how better it was managed in the UK. Um, they seem to be getting back on their feet financially. All sorts of things seem to be working and their deals they're doing around the world. I mean, even that deal with where they're going to have New Zealand, Canada, uh, New Zealand, Canada, Australia and the UK. And you can all travel into each other's countries and you can all take up and work in each other's countries. Like these are amazing um, things that have happened since Brexit. So I honestly don't think the UK will give it up. But I do think the EU want to try and pull them back in because they can see how well they're doing. Currently taking the British government to court over the, the protocol and we're, we're stating reasons that, that they, I mean, it was completely illegal. We are being discriminated against. And in this, they tell us in this uh, era of, of this new era, you're not allowed to discriminate against anyone. And you're certainly not allowed to discriminate against anyone on the basis of their nationality or on the basis of their their politics or even you know their their religious belief. And the reality is is that here in Northern Ireland we have been totally um, separated at the behest of, of the EU, which pushed, say for example, um, the conglomerate and the Irish government into the position whereby they said that you know kind of a border here. And, you know, and Bar- Boris Johnston and Michael Gove, where they buckled over and they said, well, okay, we'll place a border in, in the, the North Channel. But the reason why they was that they were under a lot of pressure. They just wanted um, Brexit done. You're right to protest. Mm-hmm. So just listen to this man in, in, in Westminster um, just a few months ago. And I have to say, we need more voices like this. So this will be a very interesting thing for you to hear. Charles Walker. Madam Deputy Speaker, our freedoms like the air we breathe. They're fundamental to us as a nation and to who we are as its people. We are not asking our constituents to do anything we have never asked. We have coerced them. We have criminalized freedom of association. The freedom to go about one's business, the freedom to travel, and the freedom to protest. The freedom to protest. That is the oxygen of democracy. Our fundamental rights are our contract with government. I am living in fear of something much darker, much darker hiding in the shadows. And, Madam Deputy Speaker, when the sunlight returns, it will return, I hope.
it chases those shadows away. But I can't be sure that it will. I cannot be sure. And that is at the heart of my anxiety and the anxiety of so many of the people I represent in this place. You remove the oxygen from anything, what happens is that it dies. And right now, I believe that uh, democracy, well, our democracy has been taken away as a result of doing That's what they seek to do. The point is that I can remember just um, last year, um, and I remember you saying to me when I, when I quoted this, where I had told you that I was talking to a man um, from a place called the George Mitchell Institute for Global Peace. And this was a man that through my uh, business, I, I had the, uh, I, I used my, my contact with this man in business to talk to him about what it was that he was involved in. And I remember saying to him that you people um, who are manipulating things are getting things wrong, totally wrong. And I had said, this was around last January time, where I'd say is that you're going to cause race war in this country. Was I? Because then we seen the Black Lives Matter thing happen mm -hmm. um, last yeah. summer. But do you remember what I what I'd read out to you that day? And I think you quoted and you said that, wow, John, he's not even denying what yeah. it is that they're trying to do. And I, I remind you of what it was that I read you out that day over the phone, where this man had said that Britain for the British, Ireland for the Irish, America for the Americans, is unchristian, pernicious, and politically dangerous, and it has to go. So that that is a telling tale. That that tells you what is in these people's minds. And this man was no, uh, let's just say, he wasn't insignificant. He is one of the top four professors in, a, in a, an institution called the George Mitchell Institute for Global Peace. Um, people that are in that institute are people like uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, George Mitchell, Tony Blair, Alistair Campbell, um, Bertie Ahern, I believe, actually, is part of that institute yeah. also. So I'm just saying to you is that these, and, and you know, you're Simon Coveney's and yeah. co with this word, they would all be on that same table. What they're trying to do, let me explain to your listeners, um, and I identified this a long time ago. I mean, I have a mind looking, uh, I was at uh, Liverpool a couple of years ago with a mutual friend of ours um, who travels between Dublin and, and Liverpool. And I remember we went to the uh, the John Lennon uh, Museum. And I remember whilst in the John Lennon Museum, really being reminded of the song called Imagine. And you know where it says, Imagine no country. Okay. Imagine uh, nothing to kill or die for. And no, no religion. To yeah. And if your listeners would take time to go back and to look at that, that uh, Imagine. Uh, I remember talking to a Dublin pastor, a very wise man, a guy called John Ahern, and I remember John um, saying to me, and this was my thoughts anyway, but he was saying that that is the Communist Manifesto. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what, if you read that, you will be able to tell every single thing that they're trying to do. And they're trying to create the circumstances whereby that everyone has nothing. Yeah. Nothing to kill or die for, no religion, no country, no nothing. And what gives those people the right to take away your country, my country, my nationality, your nationality, or anyone's nationality. And this is why I say, is that isn't the time that we all stood together yeah. in order to help each other save what it is that we hold so dear. And we hold our, our heritage, our, our, you know, our, our, our past, you know, our past, our present, and our future. People, 
is that if you want to be Irish in Ireland, you're being called racist, fascist, yeah. and far right. And, and would you believe that that's what they call people in England also that wants to stand up for their English um, and British nationality and, and their, their cultural identity? And then you've got this white privilege is another thing. And again, I'm going to make it very, very clear is that you and I both know is that, you know, that in December of 2018, and it was called the UN Migration Pact. And the UN Migration Pact, uh, at the time, they were telling us, they were saying that, although that it said in the document that anyone could come from anywhere in the world and they could settle as a human right, and every government didn't have a right to tell those people to, um, no, you're not coming here, this place is, you know, we've got plenty of people and we're not taking any, anybody else in. It now, as a result of that UN Migration Pact, which um, which Ireland signed, yeah. which the United which the United Kingdom signed, yeah. um, I think yeah, I think we're seeing the the outworkings of the UN Migration Pact happening right now. Yeah. And in fact, I want to tell your listeners um, something, and this is for the people of Ireland. But you know, a friend of mine um, was telling me that there were um, people coming via um, Belfast Airport here, George. Well, I think it was. George Best Airport, that's what they call it, in Belfast here. And this was happening on a Sunday, and they were coming from England. And this was happening every Sunday, and they were going out, and they were getting into buses outside with Irish number plates on, and they were busing them down into Ireland, and this was happening every week. How sneaky this is, because they're busing them in, or they're bringing them into Belfast, yeah. and then they're busing them over the border, and they're, they're filling the place with, with Irish airports, then the people down there would be seeing it and they would be complaining that this was still happening whilst there was so much um, you know, homeless people on the streets of, of Ireland. Um, but look, again, I've no doubt, I've no doubt because I did listen to an interview that it's happening the other way around where they're coming in down there and then they're being busted up here. So all said and done is that our governments have a lot to um, answer for. And I'm going to state this quite clearly to people is that, you know, when is enough enough? I'm talking about that whenever your country's being filled to the point whereby the people can't get operations, people can't get uh, hospital treatment, doctor's treatment, people can't get housing, the cost of housing has gone up, and it is just destroying everything for everybody. And in the meantime, you see the people that are making the decisions and the people that are facilitating this uh, within our own political elite, I'm just going to say that, is that those people aren't going to suffer. No. Those people live a different life from you and I, and, and they ain't worried um, what they do with, with clothes. Is that Again, I would like to reach out to the people in, in the Republic of Ireland, people like you, people like our other mutual friends that we have in, in the Republic of Ireland. I mean, whilst I call myself a British Unionist living in Northern Ireland, and whilst the media may be telling you that I'm your enemy, it's not the case. And could you have ever believed where we would be? Um, you know, if you look back just a few short years ago, at least there was relative freedom. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we, we seemingly have had our freedoms taken away. And again, I'm going to say to people, and I, I don't shy away from this, I don't shy away from telling them the truth. But what I see happening right now is that we are, I mean, here's, here's what they're doing. Last year, they said that they reduced the carbon um, emissions in the world by 7%. I, is that they're trying to reduce the carbon emissions. To get the carbon zero, what that means is that we're going to have a very unhappy existing existence, every single one of us. What do they have to do to remove the, all of that carbon? 
And I'm not talking fiction, I'm talking um, fact here. You know, they have to kill your cows, your sheep, because they say that they, um, they're emitting um, so much gases into the environment. Uh, and what they're doing right now is they're making lab-grown meat to, to replace the, the cattle and, and the, the sheep. And then they're talking about Leggett than they did just a few days ago. So I'm just saying to you, without all the pollutants that was into the air with reference to the planes and the travel and the cars and everything else that was going on, you know, people commuting to and from schools and work and whatever, I'm going to say that it does have a, a benefit. But, you know, if they were going to try to do that for and on behalf of everyone, for everyone's benefit, tell people the truth. Don't scare the shit out of yeah. people. Don't create mental health in our country. And, and you know, that's enough to... to uh, I'm going to say decrease the, the world's population by a lot because yeah. there's a lot of people right now that can't cope and there's a lot of people that are being pushed over the edge as a result of what's happening. And, to, and, and in my mind, that is unforgivable, totally yeah. unforgivable because, uh, in fact, it's evil. It is yeah, really, right. really evil. You know, things are being, things, the way things are going and the way people are being treated, it's just, it's just not right. Listen, John, it's been fantastic contact with you. Yeah. So give me your websites and how people will, because you're very interesting, fascinating, lovely, lovely man. Um, and I think people will want to listen to more of what you've got to say. Very much for saying that. Um, people can find, find me um, on, on a couple of channels. They can find me on Restore UK, Restore UK on Facebook and also on YouTube. We're not as big on YouTube as we are actually on Facebook. Um, so you find me in Restore UK. We also have a channel uh, called Forgotten Voices Media, and Forgotten Voices Media is a channel whereby the, what we're doing is that we're telling the stories of the victims and also documenting the, the stories of the victims to be used for future generations, for it to be used as educational value. In other words, um, you know, in order that people don't forget the past, because those that forget the past are condemned to repeat it. And I always remember those words from. Outfits for, for um, inviting me on, and uh, I have a few good friends that I, I will direct your way. And hopefully, that they, I mean, they hopefully they find this experience just as uh, easy going uh, as I did. Thanks, thank you very thank much you. For, for inviting me on. And um, I hope that um, your, your, your listeners uh, really, really get that British Unionists in Northern Ireland they actually mean, mean them no harm. And yeah, look, there's good and bad on every side, and we're not saying that there's no bad apples within our community because there certainly is. But but the reality is, is that if if people were left alone to get on with things, I think that they actually would. That's I can leave that from the bottom of my heart. So thank you once again. Thank you.